Hi, I'm Melissa with Mixin' Some Magic. I'm a Disney planning expert and I'm here to mix a little magic into your day. Each week I share Disney vacation planning tips, park strategies, and a little bit of Disney history sprinkled in. Of course, I like to include lots of Disney magic. Join me, let's mix in some magic. Hello! I'm happy you're here. I'm happy to be here. Today I am getting ready to go to Disneyland to cover the Oogie Boogie Bash and all of the Halloween stuff. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to check it all out and share it with you. So that'll be all over my Instagram the next few days if you want to follow along. Then please do. I think it's going to be very fun. Um, I do have to get packed, which means I have to unpack from my last trip. I'm like a little embarrassed to tell you, but I still haven't unpacked from my last Disneyland trip, which was a couple weeks ago. I just, it just has not been a priority. I pulled out all the stuff I needed and then my suitcases just sat in the corner. And today's the day because I need my suitcase again. But my husband got home from a trip last night and he got home and then, you know, like 30 minutes later, he told me, he's like, oh, hey, I already unpacked. <laughs> and I was like, you're rubbing it in that I haven't unpacked. And he's like, I'm just teasing you. But I don't know. I haven't. I just I got to get my life together, I guess. <laughs> it just hasn't moved up high enough on the priority list yet until today. But that's happening today. Um, today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite Disney attractions. I say that every time, but this is a Once Upon a Time episode and we're going to be covering the Jungle Cruise, which is such a fun ride. It's gone through so many changes and there's lots of little hidden things and a storyline that you might really not pick up on unless you're really paying attention in the queue. So we're going to talk about all of that. But first, let's talk about some D23 news. D23 just happened last week. And there were a few Disneyland announcements. I don't know. I wasn't too excited about any of them. I feel like a lot of them we already knew about. And I guess I just was expecting more. Everyone gets so excited about D23 and they're going to make these huge announcements. And I think that because of that, Disney knows that people are expecting things and want some hype. So they just try to give us stuff, even though some of it's like really far away and they don't even, it's like a concept idea. And they're like, we're probably going to do this in the future, but why don't you just take it and get excited about it? I don't know. I feel like that's what they do to us sometimes. So I was really hoping that maybe we would get some news about Tomorrowland being spruced up because it's really kind of sad over there. It hasn't gotten any love or attention for I don't know how long, but there's no news about poor Tomorrowland. It's just going to stay stuck in the 90s. So no, no Tomorrowland news, but there are some things I'm going to, I'll go over everything that was announced for Disneyland. The first one is Grogu lands in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So Grogu is, I don't even know if I say his name right. I think so. But he's the little baby Yoda that the Mandalorian takes care of in the Mandalorian show. So he's going to be wandering around. The Mandalorian is going to be wandering around with him 
coming up pretty quickly in Galaxy's Edge. So that's going to be fun. That starts in November of this year. So they had um, pictures and videos of him and everyone was super excited about that. Over in Avengers Campus, they're going to be having a new attraction that kind of takes you into the multiverse. They just had some like one concept art picture that didn't really give you an idea of what it was going to be exactly about, but that's coming in some future date. Starting this week, Hulk is going to be walking around Avengers Campus, so that's kind of fun. It's for a limited time only, so I'm hoping I'll be able to see him while I'm there. That's pretty cool. There will be... Hmm... San Francisco is going to replace Pacific Wharf area. So Pacific Wharf area is a big dining area. So they have lots of different restaurants there and a bunch of seating. And they are going to replace it with San Francisco from Disney's Big Hero 6. And the rethemed area will include a Baymax meet and greet. So that looks pretty fun. I think it'll be cool a cool idea but it says it's still in the early stages of development so this is one of those things that I'm like why are you even telling us early stages of development could be like five years away six years away like I don't know early stages of development for Disney that's like really early <laughs> so I don't expect to see that anytime soon but I do think it will be cool um Paradise Hotel Paradise Pier Hotel is going to be turning into the Pixar Place Hotel. We did already know that, but they released a logo and some more concept art. They told us that Porto's Bakery is coming to downtown Disney. I've never eaten there, but people were excited about that. Mickey's Toontown opens early 2023. We already knew that was happening, but they talked about that and they had some concept art of what it will look like and when it does open then Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway will open with it which is exciting that's a fun ride but again that was nothing new I guess the artwork was new that we got to see um Goofy's house they said was going to be transformed inside out with like new interactive elements and I, so that'll be fun it'll be fun to check out the new Toontown I've missed it since it's been closed they talked about Tiana, Tiana's Bayou Adventure, which is replacing Splash Mountain. That's going to be opening late 2024, but we still don't have a date as to when they're going to close Splash Mountain to do the retheming. They did show some, there was like a model and some concept art too. It looks really great. I think it's going to be exciting to check that out and they're going to be kind of bringing more performers and things like that into New Orleans Square to kind of go along with the new attraction. There's going to be a new new shops opening and let's see in 2024 Run Disney races are coming back to Disneyland and they announced that Disneyland is going to be the heart of a global Disney 100 celebration. So they're going to be having a big Disney 100 celebration and the resort's going to be kind of like the center of it and they're going to have a bunch of platinum infused de decorations and a new look for Mickey and Minnie. So we'll see what that 
what that is all about. Something that was announced that made people really excited was the Magic Happens Parade is going to be returning. It only ran for a couple of weeks. I saw it once right before the park shut down for COVID and then when they reopened it didn't come back. So that's coming back and people are excited about that. I don't know if we have a date for that though. I'm not sure. They are having a new World of Color show that's going to be starting that's going to celebrate 100 years of Disney animation. I'm sure that will go along with the 100 year Disney celebration. And I think that will be fun. I'm ready for a new World of Color. The one that is going on now has been around for a really long time. They're also debuting a new fireworks show called Wondrous Journeys that will celebrate 60 Disney animated films. So I'm sure that will be great. And that's kind of it. That's all the news from Disneyland. There's more news, of course, from the other parks around the world. But that's it for Disneyland. So some exciting things. I mean, I didn't feel like there was anything super exciting. I, we already knew about a lot of the stuff that they talked about. And some of the stuff that they announced that we didn't know about is so far away you can't even really get excited about it yet. So that was it. D23, if you didn't go, I don't think you missed anything. I didn't go and I was feeling grateful that I didn't. So there you have it. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk all things Jungle Cruise. And I'm really excited. These are my favorite episodes. It's so fun to deep dive into the Disney attractions. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Mix and Some Magic. I have a big announcement. There's been a change to my website and I am now including touring plans with Genie Plus. So I'm very excited about this. I get requests for touring plans with Genie Plus all the time and I finally put three together that I think are going to be really helpful for you and more are coming. So right now on my website I have a free touring plan, one for Disneyland, one for California Adventure that you can download. I update them every month, but they don't include Genie Plus. So if you're not using Genie Plus, these are perfect for you, but a lot of people really want to use Genie Plus so that they can skip the long lines and maximize their time in the parks. So I have finally created three touring plans. One is Disneyland with Genie Plus. The second one is California Adventure with Genie Plus. And the third one is both parks one day with Disney or with Genie Plus. So there's lots of options to choose from. Plus I have more touring plans coming. Each plan is $14.99. You can download them on my website now and they will really help you avoid long lines and maximize your time in the parks. So they give you a step-by-step -step instructions like you're going to reserve this lightning lane right now. Now you're going to go on these rides, then you're going to ride this one. It's really a very, very step-by-step -step guide so that you know what to book when because Genie Plus is not hard to use, but there is strategy involved if you're trying to accomplish as much as possible. If you're just trying to ride two or three rides during the day, this is not something that you need. But if you're going for one day or two days and you're like, we need to get everything done possible, 
This is the plan for you so that you can accomplish everything you want to and not feel stressed about it because it's stressful running around being like, oh, we have to hurry and do this or if we don't get here now, we're going to miss this. So I've timed everything out for you. All you have to do is download it, print it out, take it to the parks and you are good to go. You're on your way. So check those out. I'll put a link in my show notes. I think it's going to be really helpful and valuable. I'm going to keep on testing them, and if I ever feel like they need a change, I'll change them. It's really exciting. So I think people are going to love them, and they're going to be really helpful. I do also have a custom plan that I can make up, like maybe you're going for four days and you need the whole thing planned custom. I do that too. That's on my website. And I do planning phone calls. So if you're ever thinking that you just need to chat with a friend about your Disney tip and maybe trip your Disney trip and maybe run some things by someone who's been a lot and get some ideas, that Disneyland planning phone call is for you. So I do planning phone calls. Now I have downloadable plans. I have a free downloadable plan plus custom plans. It's all on my website. So whatever you're looking for, it's on there and ready to go for you. Now coming soon, I have a rope drop plan where I'm going to give you several different strategies for rope drops that you can decide which one's best for you. So that is coming soon in the next couple weeks. So keep your eye out for that. So I'll put a link in my show notes so you can check them out. Okay, this Once Upon a Time episode about the Jungle Cruise was requested by one of my listeners, Jack. So Jack, this is for you. The Jungle Cruise opened on the opening day of Disneyland in 1955, and it has been one of the most popular attractions ever since. So if you've never been on the Jungle Cruise, it is a boat that you float down a river through the jungle and you see various animals and people and different scenes and there's a jungle cruise skipper that pilots your boat that tells jokes dad jokes along the way which is one of my favorite parts so it's kind of a fun attraction and it's different every time depending I mean the ride is the same but the skipper's jokes are different there's usually a few of the same but the last time I rode on it this skipper had completely new jokes that I'd never heard before and it was pretty fun. So it's you never know which skipper you're going to get, what jokes you're going to hear, but it's always going to be a good time. The beginnings of the Jungle Cruise date back to the 1940s when Walt Disney Pictures began a true life adventure series. So these were wildlife documentaries and nobody had seen anything like these before and they were incredibly popular with moviegoers and the Walt Disney Pictures Company made quite a few of them. And because they were so successful, then Walt Disney planned on including something to do with wildlife in his theme park that he was creating. So as the idea of Disneyland developed, they set aside a section of the park to be called True Life Adventureland, and it was later shortened, shortened to just 
Adventureland. Now, The Jungle Cruise was one of the first attractions not based on an animated film. Some of the others like Dumbo and Snow White and Pinocchio were all based on animated films, but The Jungle Cruise was not. Now, the main attraction of Adventureland would be the Jungle River Cruise Boat Ride. That was the original title. And they began construction on the project. Now, Walt Disney's original plan was to have live animals on this attraction, but they consulted with some specialists, some zoologists, animal behavioralists. Is that how you say it? And they all convinced Walt that it just wasn't a good idea because they wouldn't be able to make the animals perform or stay where they wanted them to. They were going to want to lay down and sleep in the shade most of the day. They weren't going to like the sound of the boats. Plus, it might not be safe if you have a, you know, a lion who might climb out of the Jungle Cruise and be wandering down Main Street. That could be dangerous. So Walt finally agreed that it wasn't the best plan and they had to kind of change their tactics a little bit. The attraction was mainly designed by Harper Goff and he designed animated animals and people with amazing lifelike movements and this was the beginnings of Disney audio animatronics that we know today. Park goers would get to experience the jungle from the safety of their boats, which were designed to resemble the boats from the 1951 film The African Queen, starring Humphrey Bogart. Now, the original ride, when it opened in 1955, you traveled down several rivers that were the Amazon, Congo, Nile, and Mekong rivers. The jungle, when it opened, was pretty sparse. Nothing like it is today because jungles just don't grow overnight and they did not have a lot of time to create a jungle environment before the Jungle Cruise opened. Imagineer and horticulturist, cultural, horticulturalist, there we go, I knew we'd get there in the end, Bill Evans wanted to create a Hollywood jungle using a mixture of exotic plants and trees that gave the feeling of traveling through an exciting and unfamiliar world. And so he did this by using several different methods. Luckily, they had some big, huge trees that were already there that they left in place. He went around and found a bunch of palm trees. He, the story goes that he smuggled like illegal exotic plant seeds from other countries into the United States in the cuff of his socks, and he planted orange trees upside down to resemble mangroves and then kind of covered them in vines. And even though he did all of these things, it was still kind of sparse. You could see you, it wasn't the Jungle Cruise that we have today because it took years and years and years for it to fill in and really look like an actual real jungle. Now, in 2010, scientists declared it a real-life jungle with a self-containing ecosystem, which is pretty cool. When the Jungle Cruise opened in 1955, there were no jokes or humor at all. It was meant to be more of like a, a living documentary. So you would get in the boat, you would go on the ride, and the skipper would point things out like 
documentary style. He would tell you the names of plants and interesting facts about the animatronic animals that you were seeing or the area that you were traveling through, but there were no jokes. It wasn't meant to be funny at all. Well, of course, the attraction was a huge success from the beginning, but after 10 years or so, then Walt began to feel like it needed a change. And there's a legend, as the story goes, he once overheard a child ask his mother to ride on the Jungle Cruise, and Walt was upset because the mother responded that they rode on it last time and didn't need to ride it again. So then... The story goes on to say that that was the moment that Walt Disney decided that Disneyland would never be finished and that they were always going to be making changes and improvements and things like that to keep it fresh and keep people coming back and wanting more. So I'm not sure if this story is true or not. But whatever the reason, in the early 1960s, then Walt Disney decided that the Jungle Cruise needed a plus up. So when they plus up an attraction, that just means they kind of give it a refresh and make it a little bit better. So he brought in Imagineer Mark Davis to plus up the Jungle Cruise. And Mark Davis is famous for visual comedy and decided to add some fun, playful scenes like the elephant pool and the comical safari sequences. And then when he added these, it changed the narration from the skippers just a little bit and they became funnier and more comical over the years. And it's just kind of grown into the Jungle Cruise that we know and love today. A few years ago, I went on the Walk in Waltz Footsteps tour at Disneyland where they take you through the history of Disneyland and Walt Disney and you get to go into Walt Disney's apartment and they told us a really fun story about Walt Disney and his grandchildren and the Jungle Cruise. Now if you didn't know Walt Disney's apartment which is above the fire station right at the beginning of Main Street it backs right up to the Jungle Cruise. So if you are looking at the fire station you can see trees behind it. Those are Jungle Cruise trees. So it's really in the very backyard of Walt Disney's apartment. And years ago, his grandchildren used to come and visit him and they would play all over Disneyland and there was no fence and they would go into Walt's backyard and play on the Jungle Cruise. Now they weren't supposed to, but they would sneak away and do it anyway because what a fun place to play, right? It's a jungle filled with animals that are wild and dangerous, but they're not actually going to eat you. So I always imagine being one of his grandkids. What a life, right? To be playing on the Jungle Cruise. So they would play and they would sometimes hide and jump out and scare boats that were coming around corners. And so when this would happen, then the cast members would have to call around and they would find Walt Disney and tell him, your grandkids are scaring guests on the Jungle Cruise again. And he would go down to the Jungle Cruise. He would grab a boat without any guests and take the boat along the river, find his grandkids, pick them up, and then take them somewhere else, which I just thought it was such a fun story. What fun memories for his grandkids to be playing in in the Jungle Cruise. So very fun. So I thought that was a fun little insight into the Jungle Cruise and Walt Disney's life. Now, like most of the attractions at Disneyland, 
it's the Jungle Cruise has been changed and plussed up over the years. Lots of new animals have been added. And in 1994, the attraction was rerouted and shortened to make room for the Indiana Jones attraction. I didn't know this. I thought it was always the same route, but it's actually shorter now than it used to be. And at that point, the ride was rethemed to be set in the 1930s to fit in with the new Indiana Jones attraction. And just last night, I was looking at some old pictures of myself from Disneyland. And I think this picture was from 1985 or 84, but it's me with my dad. We're getting ready to ride the Jungle Cruise. You can see the boats in the back and they look nothing like the boats that we ride on today because in 1994 they were changed to be more 1930s style. Now in 2013 the attraction was given a holiday overlay. They turned it into the Jingle Cruise and I loved the Jingle Cruise. They added some trees and some lights and a new sign that said Jingle Cruise and then the the skippers would tell holiday jokes. It was really fun, really simple, but for some unknown reason, they stopped the Jingle Cruise overlay in 2017 and they have not done it since, which is kind of a bummer. They do it still at Disney World. I don't know why Disney World gets it and we don't, but every holiday season, I hope, maybe this is the year they're bringing back Jingle Cruise, but not happening this year, at least not that they've announced so far. So that's too bad. I hope someday we'll get Jingle Cruise back. The Jungle Cruise has seen some controversy because of its depiction of native people, especially the headhunters and the Trader Sam character who was the head salesman. And in early 2021, just recently, Disney announced significant changes to the storyline. Disney executive Bob Iger said the exciting changes we're making to one of Disney's most popular classic attractions, Jungle Cruise, reflect our commitment to creating unparalleled experiences that reflect not only the best storytelling, but also the value and rich diversity of our world. So they made some changes and now I think it's better. A lot of people are happier with the changes, but along with the changes, the storyline changed just a little bit. And if you're not paying close attention in the queue, I mean, you're still going to enjoy the attraction, but you're not going to understand exactly the storyline. And I think you miss out on some fun little details that are in the attraction. So we're going to talk about that today. As you go through the queue, you'll hear lots of 1930s music that you can tell is being played on an old radio, which is fun. You'll see all kinds of safari jungle equipment because this is kind of like a, a depot that you're at that then you're going to get onto your cruise ship, but they'll have old typewriters and maps and radios and they have all kinds of things like bugs hanging on the wall. They're in frames. When I say bugs hanging on the wall, they're in picture frames on display. These are actual bugs. And if you get up real close, you can tell that these are real and they always creep me out just a little bit. But as you are going through the line, if you read some of the plaques, you'll find out about some different scientists who have contributed to the things that you see on the wall, like the, the maps. There's some artwork that you'll see that has a scientist's name and the bugs 
were collected by a scientist. So the scientists are, there's a Mexican painter named Rosa Sota Dominguez, a Japanese entomologist, that's a person who studies bugs, named Dr. Kong Chanosuke. Probably said that wrong. A Canadian botanist who studies plants, Dr. Leonard Moss. And then there's a bird watcher. A bird, there's probably a special name for a bird watcher. I don't know what it is. But he's from Ireland. His name is Shaban Murphy, also known as Puffin. And then there is the skipper. You'll we'll find him in the Jungle Cruise as well. His name is Felix Peachman the 13th. That's kind of unlucky to be the 13th. And we'll find out it is unlucky as we go through the Jungle Cruise. So if you keep your eye out for them while you're in the queue, then you're going to enjoy the ride a little bit more. You can check out some of their work. But anyway, the story that you kind of pick up from the queue is that these scientists and artists are all together for this expedition to go out exploring the jungle, learn about new animals and plants and insects, and the skipper is going to take them out on this journey. They're going to have a little base camp and learn lots of new things about the jungle. Hopefully it goes well for them, but I don't think it will. As you're going through the queue, you will also see a list of all of the Jungle Cruise boats. But there's one called the Mekon Maiden that has a circle around it and it says that it's missing. Hmm. I wonder what happened to it. We'll find out later in the ride. The Jungle Cruise has 12 boats, but only eight can be running at a time. The name of the boats are, I'm going to do my best to say all these names, the Amazon Bell, the Congo Queen, the Hondo Hattie, the Genghis Guy, no, Genghis Gal, I couldn't tell if I wrote an I or an L, <laughs> the Genghis Gal, Irrawaddy Woman, Kissimmee Kate, Nile Princess, Orinoco Adventures, the Swanee Lady, Yukalai Una, Oh dear, here we go. The ya Yangatsi Lotus. I said that totally wrong. And the Zambazi Miss. <laughs> Those are the names of the ships. The ships, the boats. And the Mekon Maiden, but guests don't get to ride in that one because it's missing. As you board one of these ships, you're going to take a journey down the different jungle rivers of the world. Now, the rivers that we travel down now are different than the rivers that were traveled down when the ride first opened. So you go down the Irrawaddy River, the Genghis River, the Congo River. We see Schweitzer Falls from the famous Dr. Falls. And we go down the Nile River, the Zambazi River, and the Amazon River. You start your jungle cruise journey going past some ancient ruins. You'll see some alligators or crocodiles. I, <laughs> I've been on this ride, I don't know how many times, but there was an alligator in the water that I'd never noticed before. And it kind of pops up a little bit. And it was right on the side that I was sitting on the last time we rode this attraction. And it scared me pretty good. <laughs> so there's crocodiles, alligators. I don't know which ones they are whatever ones you want them to be, probably. You'll see some the ancient ruins that I mentioned. There's some 
tigers, there's some snakes, and we will also see a few elephants along the way, the first part of our journey as well. You'll go past the sacred elephant bathing pool where you'll see bunches of elephants. That's always a favorite part of mine. As we come around the corner, there's an explosion and we see that some of gorillas have totally taken over a camp and are destroying it. Now, if you look closely, you'll see that the camp belongs to our entomologist friend, Dr. Khan Chanuski. Oh, you guys, I can't say it. Our entomologist doctor friend. That's that's who the camp belongs to. And good thing he wasn't there when the gorillas took it over. Next, we come to the famous Schweitzer Falls, named after Albert Falls. That's one of my favorite jokes. It just makes me happy every time. Next, we pass by some elephants. We turn a corner and we are now in Africa. And there is a bunch of African safari type animals. You'll see giraffes and wildebeest. And you'll find some lions protecting a sweet little sleeping zebra. Also one of my favorite parts. Now, right after that part, you are going to see a pole filled with people. They've climbed up this pole to escape a charging rhino, and some hyenas. If you look closely, guess who is hanging on for dear life on that pole? It is our missing safari group. All of our doctors, botanists, entomologists, artists, and our unlucky skipper are all stuck on that pole, trying their very best to not get gored by the rhino or eaten by the hyena. You float past some angry hippopotami, hippopotamuses, hippopotami, some, oh man, I don't know. I think it's hippopotami. I think I'm going to go with that. A group of hippopotamus, <laughs> how about that, that are angry that we're there, they're wiggling their ears, which is a true sign of the hippopotamus anger, if you didn't know. At this point, the skipper will tell everyone to cover their ears and they fire a gun off in the air. Don't worry, it's not a real gun. But they fire a gun to try to scare away the hippopotamuses. Hippopotami. Right after we escape from the hippos. Hey, I can just call them hippos. That's way easier. Right after we escape from the hippos, we find the Mekon Maiden, the missing boat that we assume was carrying our little Dr. Safari group. And it has been taken over by a bunch of chimpanzees. They've gotten in to Dr. Dominguez's painting supplies. Maybe she's not a doctor. Artist. She's an, an artist. They've gotten into her painting supplies and they're making quite a mess. But now we've discovered where the missing boat is. But I don't know if our friends are going to be able to get it back from the chimpanzees. It doesn't look good to me. As we keep going, we see more chimpanzees who has gotten into some crates filled with our entomologist supplies. There's butterfly nets. There's butterflies everywhere. Um, man, these our skipper and his crew, his crew, his guests are not having a good day. Their boat's been taken over and ruined. Their supplies 
are all over the jungle thanks to the chimpanzees and their camp has been trashed by the gorillas. It's not looking good. Right after that, we get to experience the eighth wonder of the world, which is, of course, the back side of water as we go underneath the falls, named after Dr. Falls. Right after the falls, if you pay close attention, you'll see there are some warnings for us all over some rocks. They've been painted with piranha. There's several different rocks that have them painted on. I think it's to warn us that there are piranha in the area. We probably should stay away, not swim. And in fact, there are piranha in the water that kind of swarm out. Swarm? Do fish swarm? I, that's what it feels like. It feels like a swarm of piranha. <laughs> and luckily, we're able to escape with our lives. And that brings us almost to the end of our journey. First, we have to float past Trader Sam's gift shop that is filled with all kinds of things that I think the chimpanzees and gorillas have stolen or collected from various safari groups in the past because there's all kinds of things there. And if you look closely, there is even a hidden Mickey. There's three glass fishing balls in nets that form a hidden Mickey. So look closely at the gift shop as you're going by. The water on the Jungle Cruise is kind of a murky green and it's actually dyed that color on purpose. I think it's probably accurate to most jungle rivers, but it's dyed that color because they don't want us to see all of the tracks and the mechanical workings that are in the water. So it has to be dyed a darker color so that we can't see those things because that would ruin the Disney magic. When the attraction first opened back in 1955, the water was dyed more of a brown color, but now it's more murky green. And in most places, it is about five feet deep. You can ride this attraction during the day or at night. I prefer to ride it during the day because there's a lot more to be seen. When it gets dark, there are lights on the boat and the skippers will flip them on and off so that you can kind of see different things along the way, but you really don't get the full effect unless you ride it during the day. If you have to ride it at night and that's the only way you can fit it into your schedule, for sure do it because it's totally worth it but I prefer during the day. Now, if you do ride it at night, you'll notice that some of the animal's eyes are glowing and you might think that's some special, special effects happening, but it's actually just marbles painted with a reflective coating. So their eyes are just marbles with a reflective coating to make them glow. A nice, simple trick. I want to share a tip with you for the queue for the Jungle Cruise. There are points when the line splits in two and it's not very obvious. There'll be a sign that says it. They announce it all the time over the speakers, but people don't listen and they don't hear. So as you're coming around, you'll see if you're paying attention, like when you're going upstairs, the line will split into two and almost always people don't realize this and they just stand all on one side, but not you because you know that the line splits into two. So you're going to go on the other side and walk on the other line that is always shorter. And people are going to look at you like you're cutting in line, but you're not. You're just smarter and understood the directions and understood that the line split and got into the other side. So pay close attention to that. It's always missed by most guests, but it will save you a little bit of time. If you're paying attention, you can get onto the shorter side that most people miss completely and it's kind of fun. You kind of feel special. <laughs> I couldn't do this Jungle Cruise 
podcast episode without including some of my very favorite jokes from the Jungle Cruise. When you're boarding, a lot of times the skipper will say, I get paid for the number of people I take out, not the number I bring back, or don't worry if it's crowded now, there'll be lots of room on the way back. (laughs) I love the one where they say, how many of you are on the Jungle Cruise for the first time? Good, so am I. When you pass the elephant pool, sometimes they'll say something like, Look, all the elephants are out here today. This comes as a complete surprise to me because I had no idea these guys were going to be right here. If you want to take pictures, go ahead. All the elephants have their trunks on. You'll hear sometimes a skipper say on the right, here are some fascinating rock formations. Really interesting. It's sad though. I come through here all the time, point these out to people, and they just take them for granite. Granite. Get it? And at the end, I love this little spiel. The skipper will say, if you enjoyed yourself, my name is Kevin or whatever their real name is. And this has been the world famous Jungle Cruise. If you didn't, my name is John and this has been the Haunted Mansion or they'll throw in another attraction and I think it's hilarious. Once I heard someone say as we were getting off the boat, they're always telling you to hold on to the rails and watch your head. And I heard one of them say, please watch your head when you leave the boat. And if you can't watch your head, then watch your mouth. (laughs) And I also like it when they pull up to the dock, they'll say something like, now get out. I'm sorry, that was rude. Please get out. It's just so fun. I love the jokes. I love hearing all the different versions. I imagine that the cast members just get a big list of ones they can choose from. They can say whatever they want, or maybe they make up their own. I have no idea, but I enjoy it very much. And make sure you pay close attention to the jokes because there's just one after another after another, and they're pretty fun and really part of what makes the Jungle Cruise so special. Well, that's all I've got for you today. Thanks so much for being here and for listening. I appreciate it so much. You're absolutely the best. I will be back next week with something new. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon.